Welcome to the Casual Fridays REI podcast, where you'll learn about the wildly profitable niche of land investing. Active land investors Adam Southey and Justin Sleva are here to share their experiences with you so that you can learn how to build massive cash flow and huge profits from this highly lucrative niche. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Adam Southey and Justin Sleva. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Adam Southey here with my co-host, Justin. And Sleva, and this is the Casual Fridays REI podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the risk of land investing. Before we do that, though, let's talk about Priced.com. Guys, Priced is a powerful online web app application that simplifies the acquisition process for real estate direct mail marketing campaigns. Priced provides research tools and enables you to identify locations to mail, price your data, analyze over 1 million comps, pull owner records, and scrub your data to produce a ready-to-mail campaign list. So head on over to price.com forward slash casual Fridays, R-E-I, to start your seven-day free trial and get discounted prices today. That's P-R-Y-C-D.com forward slash casual Fridays, R-E-I. R-E-I. You're in the game. I'm a professional announcer. I'm a professional podcaster now. Yeah, I'm gonna, Joe Rogan's going to have me... Uh, opening up the UFC before we know it. Jesus, that's that's lofty goals, my friend. Lofty goals. Man, it feels like we haven't talked in a while. Uh, it's because it has been a while. I know. it's uh, It's been a change for me. I, I noticed in some of the people were saying they miss it three days a week. Uh, I did miss, I do miss recording it three times, three shows, but... We're just to give this a try for a little while and see how it rolls out. Oh, there's not, there's no going back to three shows. <laughs> oh man, there's no, um, there's no going back. No, you're not, no, you're not letting me dip my toe in this first. Nope. Okay. No, okay. it's it's one show. That's what it is. We're busy. Like we have too much going on to, to handle all that. I know, but I like talking to you, buddy. We talk every day. It's just not with microphones in our face. I got you. I got you. I got you. So today's show, risk in land investing. I mean, this is a great topic when we talk about new year, new me. Do I make it through my goals? Uh, am I sticking with my my plans and you know and how that lays over? And you know, for me, when we talk about this topic, I wonder. It's like, it's like, what do you have to lose? Like, what what's your real risk involved with land investing? And I think that so many newer people and our seasoned ones, whether they're scaling up or they're getting ready to send their first mailer, it's like, what's your, what's your risk? Mm-hmm. Well, there's some like tiny risk, but nothing compared to almost every other type of real estate stuff you know and mm-hmm. and this is really important too because right now we have a lot of people getting started because it's mm-hmm. a new year and they're motivated and mm-hmm. they want to keep going like they want to have a great year mm-hmm. which is awesome because mm-hmm. i'm super motivated right now you, you are more motivated than i think i've seen you in in probably two or three years <laughs> i'm i'm on a different level right now and it's because i think i've been i've been trying to think of like why because mm-hmm. i've never in my life been that New year, new me. In fact, I will mostly avoid doing things January and February because I don't want to be that person who's like New Year, new me. Yeah, I don't. It's, like I thought about switching gyms, but I'm like I'm not walking into a gym on January and yeah, being a new guy. Yeah. January first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cliche. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to do that, but anyway, it's like uh, you're gonna have. There's a little bit of risk. We're it's a new year, you're starting new things. How do you stay motivated? Like, what risk can take that motivation away? Like, mm-hmm. what all is involved with it? And I. I think it's a good time to talk about it. Great, great. What is your, like, what is the biggest risk you see with land investing? I think that was kind of like a on the spot question. I think <laughs> if I really have to think about it, well, maybe a busted mailer. Yeah, that's why they love us because we put <laughs> each other on the spot and we can't lie and give some bullshit answer when you're put on the spot like some of those other guys. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I think the biggest risk for me is uh, a busted mailer because it's not the price of land Mm -hmm. because you can do this at any price range, Mm -hmm. right? My first deals I ever did were two and a half acre parcels for 250 bucks. Yeah, uh, coffee money we did. We showed people how to buy property for 50 bucks. Yeah, so it's not the price. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I tell the story all the time, but like those, uh, sorry, those three of them, but those two and a half acre deals I bought, Mm -hmm. They were in the desert. Mm -hmm. They were nothing but sand and cactus, Mm -hmm. dirt and cactus. Crazy mile-long roads, dirt roads to get down to them. I'm thinking, who the hell is ever going to want these? Mm -hmm. But they're two and a half acres of land for 250 bucks. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't want to buy that stuff anymore. We've scaled up. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you can't when you're getting started to learn it. Yeah. No, I agree with that. So, busted mailer. I I think that's a great one. And I, I think that that's where... That's where the whole thing starts. It's like you gotta, you're gonna have to fill up your inbound pipeline. So, what is your inbound pipeline? How does it get filled? Is it with mail, direct mail? Is it a blind offer? Is it a neutral letter? Are you skip tracing a list and trying to text people or call people? Are you going to a tax deed sale or some other way to fill up your inventory, the inbound flow of your inventory? And a busted mailer, the risk of that is losing a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's where a lot of people they're like, well, what? It may be down to their last dollar, and they're like, man, I'm going to do. This. But you're you're investing in a business. You're you have to be able to, as what do they say, like throw the bow lines and and set sail. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I I was talking to one of my mentors this last year, and he was he had to cancel on a project because he was so busy he couldn't take on any extra stuff. But that's a good problem to have. What what is the 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 old cliche? Uh, uh, a smooth, a smooth sea never made a seasoned sailor. I know what you're trying. I know that you know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the words, but uh-huh. I I know what you're, the quote you're talking about. Yeah. So yes, you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone. Yes, you may send a mailer and it busts. I mean, have I think last last year? I think with casual with the Project One stuff and my personal stuff, I think I mailed over 350 counties. Mm-hmm. I did not buy a property in every county. But I still go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying that's part of it. Yeah, but it still made money. We still made shit more money than I made my last W two job, and I got to hang out with my best friend, sit at home, watch my kids grow up, and and do that. And that's what that's what this is about. There's a you know a guy's like, hey, can you guarantee I'm going to spend twelve hundred dollars and I'm going to on a mailer and I'm going to buy a property or I'm going to make ten thousand or twenty thousand? I can't. I can't do it. I I would. I can say, hey. Statistically speaking, over the last four and a half, five years, we have sent this much mail, and this is what it averages. I can break it down by the year and say, this year we sent this, and this is what it averages. I can tell you COVID played into that. I can tell you the government shutting down played into what we were able to close. I can tell you there are so many factors to go into it because we add a human element to it that that risk is based on somebody on the other line saying, yeah, you know what? You're, I need to sell right now. I'd like to sell right now. You're close enough on price, and us being able to get the deal through title and get it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While we're talking, I thought about something else. Okay. But I think this one we've mitigated with the way that we buy property is, mm-hmm. is, uh, <clears throat> finding a fence two miles down the dirt road to get to your <laughs> property. Your property's four miles off the road, but yeah. you find a fence two miles off the road. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually going through that right now with a deal in Virginia. Um, we bought it for, I don't know, 80 something thousand dollars. It's sold for a hundred and fifty. 50-ish, there is a gate that a, pri- a a property owners association put up right in front of our property. So we have dirt road that goes around both sides of our property. We have 208 acres in the middle. 
there's a, a pipe gate, which we have a key to. Um, since they put that up, the, the property owners association, there's probably another thousand acres back there. They're subdivided down. Uh, they pay a hundred dollars a year for road maintenance and they have a barbecue once a year and all of the people, if they want, come out and they regrade the roads. That's the only thing, but they put that gate up to keep riffraff out, which we, since we were there before we have, we're grandfathered in, we don't have to pay for the POA, but since they put that gate up, they moved the private um, they moved the road from public to private because the, the road maintenance crews don't work on it anymore. We do, the property owners associations do. Our title company, we bought it with, guaranteed the access. We're selling it now. They're not wanting to guarantee the access. And this guy actually owns three properties in this property owners association. So when you say finding a gate, you know, two miles in, yes, sometimes you do. And you have to work through that and you're having to, to, to spend that. Is that risk? That's a little bit of risk. We mitigate that by, hey, send a drone pilot out there. You're risking 200 bucks. Yeah, I was going to say we mitigate that by, because you said yourself, public versus private. Yep. I have never seen a gate on a public road, county-maintained road. Yep. I've never seen. The only times I've ever seen a gate is when you're buying something with two-track, mm-hmm. and it's miles off the main road, Yeah. right? And so those are going to be there. Yeah. More chances than not, if you're in a super rare rural area and your property's way off the beaten path, there's going to be a gate. Yeah. Right. And but you mitigate that by not buying two track. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're 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 preaching to the choir, and I and I I hate that people get angry when they come to Plum for for a certain reason. Hey, Justin, what do you have to do to deal with the fund? I need to be able to get on the property with a legally maintained road. Like I don't have a bar ditch blocking me. I don't have a fence blocking me. It's a maintained county road that gets me onto, or it could be a property owner association, but it's maintained. There's not there. That means I have legal access to get there. That's that's one of the biggest risks. Justin, what else is your risk? Well, I want to make sure that there is solid comps provide three times value. Why do you do that? Because I don't want to lose money, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to buy something at 10 and I only see comps worth 12 or 13 because if it's, if it's, we're only going to make two grand out of the deal after closing costs and we pay anything. Why would we do the deal? And we're not house investors. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I made 20%. Yeah. I want to make 20% if I really mess up. Yeah. Uh, I got, I'm full of like risk right now. Okay. I got another one. It reminded (laughs) me of the Oklahoma deal. So I'm going to say a bad lawyer. Oh, to to close the deal. Okay. Right. And I kind of feel like you may a little bit be dealing with that right now in New York. I've got, I've got two lawyers in New York that, are going head to head that I had to tell one of them he has till Friday his client loses the property. So, so in my experience, I did a a, a quiet title. Mm-hmm. I, I there's no way to really know how good your attorney is, mm-hmm. but the biggest mistake I made that could have mitigated and protected me against all things was getting title insurance. And because I closed with a, an attorney who I thought did everything right, mm-hmm. and we had a brand new you know a, a title that's been quieted, mm-hmm. everything looked proper. I just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Huge mistake. Yeah. I'll never do it again. <laughs> uh, but the attorney should have like done a ton of research. Yeah. The research I paid him to do. Yeah. And uh, it didn't get done. Yeah. But flip side of that is one little tweak in that deal you you have done since. And in some of our Project One properties, you did the same thing, but we checked the box on the title insurance. Oh. So now somebody else is holding the bag. Yeah, that's the only, that's how you mitigate that risk. That's why it's not really a risk, but it's a risk. Oh, it is. Right? It is. Buying, so we'll, we'll change it. Buying without title insurance yeah. is a risk. Yeah, I my first probably forty deals I self closed. Yeah, and did not do title insurance, and it 
like I that was the one thing that really made me stay up at night starting this new company. You know, we A, I lost my job and was doing it full time. But B, it's like, how do I mitigate the risk? Because in the previous war- corporate world, I was all about risk mitigation, whether it was in the process or safety. Now, am I going to die if I buy a deal that I lose money on? No. Mm-hmm. But at that time, everything felt like life or death to me. Like I, if I lost money on this. So it felt like I had a house of cards going because it was all based on being a brand new investor, trying to understand chain of title. So that's why I spent so much time learning it. Uh-huh. And, and identifying it and being able to spot that risk pretty quickly. Yeah, there's still, I want to be clear, there's still plenty of deals that I would self-close and not worry about it, mm-hmm. but definitely not a bass boat. I'm not spending yeah. 10, 20, 30, 50 grand on a property without title tit- insurance. Title insurance at some point on the front side. Yeah. Now, if I'm buying it for a thousand and I'm going to sell it for five, that's a risk I'm willing to take. Yeah. If especially, you know, if I'm going to buy a thousand and owner finance it or whatever, you yeah. know, I'm willing to take that risk all day, mm-hmm. but. It just definitely ain't happening on a, on the type of property that we teach that we specialize in, right? It's it's yeah. not happening. Yeah, and I I I like that you said that because it really opens up the fact is if you want to run your business and go out and buy a bunch of two and three thousand dollar properties and sell them for six, eight, ten grand, owner finance them out. You can, you can, you sh- surely can. Now, our course we designed it more set to the bass boat property because we've saw it accelerate people's businesses. I mean, I don't know how many people we had reach out this year uh, towards the end of the year and say, hey, thanks for a supercharged year. Through COVID, their businesses were through the roof. And that's that's why we put it that away. But we also know plenty of people that buy properties from $500 to $2,000 and crank them out on owner financing deals and have 50, 100, 200 owner finance deals. And they like our side just to add in a little bit of little bit of finesse or a little bit of gusto when they're at the, the land investing conferences to talk about the amount of deals they've done. Well, you, you got to have the bass boat flips. Mm-hmm. You do. Like, even if you have $30,000 a month in cash flowing notes, mm-hmm. the out of that $30,000, you got to pay yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you got to have money to run your business. Mm-hmm. And then you got to have money to buy more land. Mm-hmm. And so $30,000 a month isn't $30,000 a month cash flow. Huh. Okay. Do you I'm, get what I'm saying? I, I get what you're saying. I would say it is still $30,000 a month cash flow in your pocket, but, but it does not, it's not like generating what $30,000 a month free and clear would to you. Right. If, yeah. you know, if I got, if I flip, let's just say buy for 10, sell for 40, buy mm-hmm. for 15, sell for 45 or whatever, mm-hmm. that's 30,000 in your pocket. Yeah. Whereas, but you're still gonna have to spend that money. But you don't have to spend your own cash. No, you're, you're right. You're you right. You can take, right. you can borrow that money. Line of credit, leverage yeah. it, something of that nature. Yeah. And I would never, this is, I don't know any. I'm sure there's probably someone who does it. I don't do it, but I would never build a cash flow business from borrowing money because we know how these land notes, these land properties default. Yeah. So I will, I will say I get what you're saying, but I will disagree to a point, and that's why you love us because we will disagree because there is a point in your cash flow business that you built, you are going to have to put in money. So you take on a risk, a little bit of leverage. Either you're taking on a partner or you're taking on cash. Um, I've talked to several guys that. You know, they built up 50 or 60 cash flow notes and they, they got, they took, they followed the 500 down, you know, mentality. I'm going to take 500 down and whatever else for a month. Well, that 500 doesn't replenish their, their business cost and their money they need. So they go out and get a loan off of maybe half or a quarter of what they're cash flowing. So they season their own note, if you will, and they're leveraging against their business. I don't think, I don't see anything wrong with that. You have to do that to scale this company. 
Well, you don't have to. You can just do bass boat properties. True. Very true. I, I got you. I'm with you. I'm with you. But there is a point where you you are going to have to inject cash, whether it's a, a big flip or you reaching out for leverage against the cash flow you're already making. That I think, yeah, I don't know if I would take a loan. I, mean, I can see the point of having a uh, investor who's like, yeah, I'll give you 500 grand. You just pay me 10, 15, 20% off of that. Yeah, but why, um, why, why wouldn't you bet on yourself? If you're going to let that investor bet on you, why wouldn't you bet on yourself with a signature loan for 50,000 at 6%? Uh, because then you got a loan, you got a guarantee, you got to pay it back, man. An investor knows the risk. They know what they're putting their money into. A bank don't give up nothing about you. They just want their money back. Yeah, I agree. But if you're not willing to bet on yourself, and that's some of the risk here, is like you have to be willing to bet on yourself at some of the time. Well, I did. I bet on myself by going to this guy and saying, hey, <laughs> I'm good at what I do. Yeah. You yeah. should believe in me too. Yeah. So give me money. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm going to agree to disagree with that one because I, I think, because I, I did it personally. I, I ran, I, when we started our company, it was 20 grand into it. We ran out of the 20 grand. I took a signature loan for $25,000. Yeah, I, but you're not, what I'm talking about is, and that payment was like five, six, seven hundred bucks. So That's yeah, nothing. Yeah, it's 700 but, bucks. But and when that payment gets two, three, four, five thousand $5,000 a month, agreed, because you've taken so much. Agreed, there's a balance, but we're talking, you know, we're if you're a person that needs 500 grand and you're doing $1,000 properties, your machine is so far out there at this point that we really need to look at your business and and line some stuff. Well, there's those people that got five, seven, ten employees. They're all full, big getting paid. Like I you've agreed. got marketing costs. You've got all these softwares. You've got all these tools. Like you're spending a ton of money just to make that. I, I agree with you 100% there. I'm, I'm tracking with where, where the miscommunication was in that. I'm with you. What other risk do you see? I don't see any other risk because most people's biggest fear is – the money mm-hmm. right well there's no money risk when land because you buy a we're buying you 35 percent or below well i'm gonna correct what you said there is a little money risk because of your mail you're you're to get up and going well i mean i'm talking acquisition a- acquisition cost. yeah so, so you're buying if you're trying buying true 35 percent or below 10 percent and you have 25 percent guaranteed access yep. you have title insurance you have all this stuff then you your money is as good as gold or your land is, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's been our experience. Mm-hmm. I, let's, let's not get quoted on good as gold, but like yeah. that's our experience. I know we've had other people that have that same experience. Mm-hmm. The only time in my experience, I'm going to go with just me, mm-hmm. I see someone who gets stuck with land or they have some kind of problem or whatever. You can always look at it and go, well, you don't even have access or mm-hmm. you overpaid for that mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. right? And it's not like we don't tell you in our group, our, our group, like there's not a hundred different ways to get advice on exactly how to do it. Like if there's a mistake, it's because you didn't follow the rules. Yeah. And, and that risk increases when you decide to gamble. Like, you know, that the access isn't good, or, you know, that it, we had a guy posting a private group about a Kudso. It's a, the, was it Kudzu? Kudzu. Kudzu. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. Uh, the, the vine that's eaten as, as Joe Martin put it, the vine that has eaten the South. And he had an option. He he was getting ready to buy it, lower the price to where I can I know I can fire sell it and still make some money, or I back out. And the guy said, "Hey, you knew you were going to do this, blah blah." That's the right decision to make. If you see risk because it's a plant that access, you're a little questionable. Either you walk away or you lower the price. If the comps don't support it, you walk away or you lower the price. You have to be okay with staring at it and saying, "Hey." I'm drawing my line in the sand and protecting your business. And that's how you, that's how you mitigate this risk in this business. Mm-hmm. That was a good catch. 
Oh yeah. And did you did you want to mention what you learned from uh, this about the goats? <laughs> I I do I do want to learn about these goats on the go. I have reached out to the owner of the company. I hope I can get them on the show because this this is like it's the most li- less intrusive way to clear land is they bring a goat herd to your land, pin them in, and they just eat everything. Think about that. That's amazing. And it's a franchise. Yeah. As soon as you told me that, I was like, okay, Justin's next business venture. He's <laughs> Justin's be buying goats. Buying goats. I mean, think about it, though. That's, and you know, uh, one of our, our members, or I would say members, one of the people in our private group there, and I guess he has bought our course, um, he's in Asia, and he says, yeah, they just stake them to ropes and let them go, uh, Jeremy. He said they just stake them on ropes and let them eat anything in there. And I was like, yeah, that's what I would do. You know, I don't need a fence. I just stake a bunch of these goats out there. They have 25-foot of fence, or rope. They cut a 50-foot diameter for you. I mean, it's interesting. I'd like to see it be done. You yeah. Know, I'd like to learn more about it. Anyway, we're going to try and get them on the show. They had before and afters on their website. Like, I went to their website, went to their Instagram. <laughs> like, I was creeping hard. Like, it's it really, it was so far out-of-the-box solution to what we do. And it, I mean, I don't know how many times we bought a property that's got tons of undergrowth. Now, if I could tell some guy that has a herd of goats, hey, man, just pin up, you know, the first acre, let them eat out there for a little while. If you want to move it, more than welcome, but I got the property on the market, you know? And he goes out there and lets his goats run wild. Shit. I saw so much stuff. Uh, so you just said something that reminded me, and this guy is totally missing out on some good marketing if he doesn't use this, you know, like Goats Gone Wild. That should be his Insta handle. GoatsGoneWild.com. <laughs> That's going to be my new franchise. I'm starting. <laughs> Shut up, Adam. Don't put it out in the masses like that. Goatsgonewild.com. Here to clear your land with our goats. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Man, I think we I think we hit a pretty good lick today. Oh, I think we're good. All right. Reality, there are some risks, but every one of them can be mitigated. And the, amongst other investment tools, you going to agree with me on this? It's. I think you're going to agree with me. It's super low. Oh, dude. I, I can tell you my... I looked at the numbers for the end of the year. Average sold a property. This isn't counting coastal stuff. I'm just talking bass boat style properties. Average sold one like every 11 days, 11 and some chain, like 11 point something days over the last two years. And the average returns 120%. I mean, you can't. I don't know I, any I don't, investors, investors doing that. Yeah, I, I don't either. All right, guys, that's it for today. It's Friday. We hope you have a solid weekend. Do us a favor. As always, go to Facebook. YouTube, Instagram, give us a like, follow, subscribe, and then go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, go to wherever else you're listening to us, like, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Appreciate it. We love you. See you next Friday. See you next Friday, guys.